Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be learning about the Herald. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans. And today, we're going to be talking about the Herald. Now, not the human, not the human person named Harold, but my personal favorite long-form improv style. Right, tonight, we're going to be form explorers. Right, so the Herald is not some person's name. It's an actual long-form uh, style of improv. So while it is technically, technically correct that it is someone's name, there are, in fact, people named Harold out in the world. It's actually a style of long-form improvisation developed first in the 1960s and reshaped over time by Del Close and Sharna Halpern. The Herald consists of a three-act structure where each act is made up of three beats and each act is separated by a group game. The goal of the Herald is to tie each of the original three beats together in the third act through the use of heightening and analogous or time-dash scenes. That's the definition of the Herald. And we're going to be diving into it, the history the format a little bit, and just uh, chopping it up with the Herald. Tonight, we're form explorers. <sighs> okay, so I know that was a lot of words. So before we explore deeper, let's talk about the origins of the Herald. So let's take it back to the 1960s. Beatlemania. Kennedy's. The rise of McDonald's. All these important cultural things happening in America. But we're going to focus on the vibrant improv scene happening in San Francisco, California. There was a group of improvisers called the committee who were trying to push the boundaries of their craft. They were frustrated by the limitations of short-term improv, short-form improv, and they were searching for a way to create deeper and more connected stories. And thus, in 1967, the Herald was born. And the name the Herald actually serves as a reference to the Beatles' It's a Hard Day's Night uh, George Harrison was asked about his haircut, and he said it was named the Arthur. So, you know, a little throwback for you. And this was probably around the same time of when that movie came out, uh, when uh, this improv group called The Committee came up with the name of the Herald. And the first Herald that actually took place was centered on the Vietnam War. Now, it wasn't a fully formed structure back then, mind you. It, it was more like a free-flowing experiment that was fueled by audience suggestions and a shared desire to explore comedic possibilities, right? This was a newborn baby stumbling around trying to figure out how to use its legs. You know, the possibilities were endless, and it had so much potential. We didn't really know what the Herald meant yet. We just knew it was different than the short-form games that had been played and the short-form structures that had already been explored in the 1960s improv scene. So actually in 1972, uh, the committee disbanded and the Herald continued to be practiced in some form or another by various improv groups around the country, right? A lot of the members of the committee kind of dispersed and went to different areas, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, you know, different places where improv was being studied, explored, and evolved. But um, that's when an old friend of mine, who's not actually my friend, but uh, an old friend of this podcast who's been mentioned many a times, uh, the legendary improv guru, Del Close, comes in. So in the 1970s, Del Close started incorporating elements of Harold into his workshops. He was kind of refining and shaping the format. He saw the potential for building relationships, exploring emotions, and creating surprising connections within a long-form structure. Del Close emphasized listening, building on ideas, and finding patterns that emerge from the improvised scenes. 
he would work with improvisers, particularly in Chicago. That's where the, the scene where he was involved in and kind of just drill the structure over and over, kind of continuing to explore, shape, and form it over time. But it wasn't really until the 1980s. Uh, Del Close collaborated with Sharna Halpern uh, over at the I.O. or Improv Olympic in Chicago. And that's where the Herald found its true form, right? It finally kind of solidified itself. And this dynamic duo helped develop the now iconic three-by-three structure with the three beats of three scenes each uh, interspersed with group games that added thematic twists and turns, right? It took some time. It took some experimentation and exploration for the Herald to finally find itself, just like a teenager, right? Teenager has to find themselves, try different things to figure out how they want to solidify who they are, their character, who they are as a person, right? So this training wheels Herald became the foundation for a number of improv groups and classes and performances all over the country. Theaters like IO, Improv Olympic, and the Upright Citizens Brigade adopted and adapted the Herald, making it a cornerstone of their long-form programs. To this day, uh, UCB still focuses heavily on the Herald. That's basically what you're learning there if you're taking classes. You take 101, and then from 201 onward, you're, you know the format of the Herald, and you're just running it class over class pretty much. Um, particularly in 301 there. So that's a big part of their curriculum and what they focus on. And a lot of UCB's founders uh, actually learned and personally studied with Del Close and Sharna Halpern in Chicago in the 80s. So they took a lot of his teachings and brought them over to UCB when they formed that studio. So uh, the Herald was this experimental form, and now it's a solidified structure. And its journey kind of reflects the very essence of improv itself. It's something that's constantly evolving, adapting, and challenging performers to push their boundaries. Right? Improv is something as an art form that I think, as I've discussed with some guests on the podcast, has stagnated a little bit in modern times. You know, kind of we hit this improv boom with whose line is it anyways, and so many different cities around the country having their own improv scene. But I think it's harder and harder these days to find places that are kind of inventing new things within the improv, new forms, new styles. But the Herald was, was a huge part of that. I mean, something that took decades to really fully find itself into the beautiful structure that it is today. And that's part of why the Herald remains so relevant, because it, it offers a framework for exploration, but also freedom for individual teams to kind of inject their own styles and comedic voices, Right. It's, it's a playground for creativity, collaboration, and risk-taking, which is what improv is all about. I mean, the Herald, there's that base format, right, the training wheels format. But now there's so many spin-off versions, and the Herald has led to other long forms being developed as well. But the Herald is one of the early examples of that long-form improv. And, of course, if you're interested in learning more about the early origins of the Herald or improv in general— Again, I recommend the following books. I've talked about them a thousand times, but I'll always bring them up. Uh, Improv Nation by Sam Wasson and Truth and Comedy by Del Close and Charna Halpern, right? Basically the parents of the Herald. So the Herald is something that's very important to me, and uh, we'll talk about it a little more at the end of the episode. But it's got that rich history, right? It's just changed and been reshaped over time. It's almost like a clay pot, right? It started off in one way and they kept working on it, kept working on it, keep adding more clay, reshaping it with the hands. And then it changed into the herald we know today. So I want to break down what that basic structure is. This is the base three by three herald that uh, Del Close and Charna Halpern kind of solidified, focused on and we're like, okay, we've made this, we've got it. This is what the herald is going to be, right? And now of course there are a million variations. So 
We know the history a little bit about kind of where it started, its early origins in San Francisco, and how it eventually showed up in Chicago, and Del Close and Sharna worked together to evolve it and solidify it there. So how does this format actually work, though? Let's take a look. So the Herald is a well-structured format uh, made up of the following pieces or segments. It begins with an opening, then there's a first beat made up of three scenes, there's a group game, there's a second beat made up of another three scenes, there is another group game, so a second group game, and finally a third beat, which could be made up of three scenes, two scenes, or one giant scene. So let's break down what happens in each of these sections of the Herald. Um, so the Herald opening. This is determined by the team performing it, but it can include something as simple as like a word association game, one word suggestion from the audience, maybe an interpretive dance to a classical music or a pattern game. And the purpose of this opening is to help the performers generate ideas for the first beat in addition to catching the audience's attention, right? This organic opening is so, so important because it, it helps you kind of pull premises um, for the next part of the Herald, which is the first beat, right? So whatever you you and your group of improvisers, right, your team decide to do for that opening, it's going to either set you up for success or failure for the rest of the Herald. You know, you want to do an opening that gives you plenty to pull from, plenty of initiation, suggestions, premises, right? Uh, maybe you could do a monologue. Uh, you could have a guest monologist come up. You could do, uh, you know, get a one-word suggestion and then have three of your team members perform off-the-cuff monologues about it or rants or share stories, right? There's so many, so many different things you could do. There's really not a wrong answer as long as it works for you and your team and you all agree upon it. So that's the Herald opening, right? Open to interpretation. The first beat. Um, so the first beat consists of players performing three scenes. And while no Herald is the same, uh, this beat is usually like the calmest and the most grounded of the three beats, right? It's starting out. It's laying the foundation. So the players initiate these scenes based upon premises they pulled from the opening group game. And while, while you're performing in the scenes or on the back line, uh, everyone should pay close attention to the scenes in order to generate ideas for later scenes. The themes or the ideas or characters or premises set up in this first group of scenes are going to come back later. So everyone needs to know what they are to kind of serve the overall herald. And, uh, these opening scenes, they serve as the foundation for the rest of the herald, right? So it's like the opening game and the first beat together build the structure for the Herald. The choices, characters, and games made in the first beat will influence the rest of the Herald. It is a huge deal, whether it's the first two characters in the scene or it's the premise or the game that's in the scene, right? What, what are we playing at? What's the comedy here? And again, the first beat includes three scenes. So after the first beat, uh, that's when we get into the group game. And the group game involves either most or all of the performers. And the group games serve as kind of palate cleansers for the audience. It's like, okay, we saw these first three beats. Now we see this crazy group game, uh, which again is pretty open, similar to the opening of the show. The group game is so random. And here are a few example formats. Uh, there could be like an all versus one where, where like uh, it's point of view, right? So there's a, a one actor or one performer who has a point of view and then the rest of the group has a different point of view, creating that conflict, creating that tension and allows you to have a lot of fun. Um, you could play another organic group game, like a repeated sound or a chant or something that leads to discovery within the performance. Or you could play a premise-based group game, right? Uh, maybe a player comes out, throws out the comedic idea, and the rest of the team jumps in, helps heighten it, explore it, whatever that looks like in a group dynamic, right? These group games are really open, especially the first one. There's a lot of 
Um, although the structure of the Herald itself seems rigid, there's actually a lot of opportunity to insert your own choices and ideas into it. Okay, so now let's get to the second beat. Uh, so this is the time to evolve the Herald's ideas we heard in the first beat. These scenes are typically higher energy and often exist to heighten the characters or ideas presented in the first beat. And these scenes are shorter as well. So there are two different ways uh, improvisers can kind of heighten those ideas or continue the characters presented in the first beat. And those ways are either through time dash or analogous scenes. So let's break these down. So in a time dash scene, uh, we see characters from the first beat in the future, right? They've been moved ahead from what was previously seen. Uh, we could have a couple, you know, who was on a date in the first scene. And in the second beat, right, that next scene, uh, the couple has now gone back to the apartment or it's their wedding day, right? We're seeing the same two characters, but moved ahead in time. And maybe it's the, the characters that we want to see more of or whatever their dynamic is. We're trying to see more of that. We love these characters. We're taking them somewhere else in the future. Uh, so that's time dash. That's one option you have. Or uh, you can do what's called an analogous scene, right? Which comes from analogy. Exactly. So in an analogous scene, we see the premise or the game of the first beat explored with a different set of characters. So maybe there was a funny premise. Uh, one example I can think of would be like, what if there's a scene, and I'm pulling this from an improv show I was just in that I saw, where there's a teacher and a student. And the teacher, you know, begins instructing the student, oh, okay, so today in class we're going to be making this. And the student starts to make it, and the teacher realizes the student is far better at this thing than uh, they are. So the student kind of takes power, takes control over that scene, right? That idea, that idea of the student being better than the teacher at whatever is being taught in class, whatever the subject is, you can take that idea and make an analogous scene out of it. Then we could go to a doctor's office where we have a doctor and maybe a resident or a doctor and a nurse, maybe in a surgery scenario. And the surgery begins and we realize that the nurse, the assistant, whatever, their knowledge, their skill far exceeds whatever the doctor's is, right? Same premise, but it's analogous. It's a different scenario, different setting, different characters, right? It's an analogy and it's heightened as well. So, right, the first example might be math class. The second example could be life-saving surgery or the bomb squad, right? You're heightening that same premise in an analogous kind of way. Um, so those are kind of the two tools an improviser has when moving into that second beat, right? Time dash, same characters in the future or analogous, same premise, different characters. Those are your two tools. So after the second beat, we move into the second group game. Uh, and this can serve as a completely new group game or kind of echo back to the first one. The format is open. An example would be if group game one was about sensitive crab fishermen, uh, group game two could be about insensitive crabs, right? It's kind of a continuation or analogous. So that's the second group game. Again, rigid structure, but very open to the performer's input. Uh, there's a third beat of the Herald. And this beat serves as to tie the entire show together, ideally on a high note. So once more, players pull ideas from the previous beats, right? Whatever happened in the second beat, we're either seeing a time dash or analogous version of those same things. And performers could perform all three scenes, right? Scene 3A, scene 3B, scene 3C. In that order, right, if the show falls that way or... They could allow the structure to open up as well. They could combine all the scenes. The options are limitless. Um, oftentimes in the third beat, you might see the characters and scenarios from the previous beat colliding and escalating all together in one massive chaotic scene. And this creates like a beautiful, hilarious bow to wrap up the entire show. And so this third beat 
this is when things come together. It's like you've been making a cake this whole time, right? You, you've been doing these different things, and now it just all it, it all comes together so nicely. So that's the structure of the basic regular herald. Of course, there are other variations, but this is the main idea. This is the starting point. So again, I'll break that down. The herald begins with an opening. Then there's a first beat. There's the group game one. There's a second beat. There's the group game two. And finally, there's the third beat. So that's the herald. And usually um, a herald like this can take anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes to perform. I think a nice tight herald comes in maybe around 24 to 26 minutes. That's personal preference and just based off what I've seen out there in the world. Of course, that's entirely up to the group of people performing it. So why do I love the Herald? Why am I talking about this? Well, I think if you're a fan or a student of improv, it's important to have an understanding of the different ways you can do improv. A lot of us have knowledge of short-term games, but there are so many other variations and explorations of improv out there. And the Herald, I think, you know, it's kind of one of the first ones to push improv into that long-form range, and it's inspired and influenced so many other long-form creations since then. So I think it's important, you know, know where you came from so you can figure out where you're going. Know your past so you don't repeat it, and instead try something new. And with the Herald, it's, you know, maybe you learning about it can serve as inspiration for you developing your own long-form style of improv. And, uh, and part of why I love the Herald is because I love that loose structure it gives you, right? Everyone knows where the Herald is trying to get to, but you don't know how it's going to get there. It's planning with the end in mind. It's backwards planning, right? I know that this Herald needs to end with all of our scenes, characters, premises coming together. I don't know what those things are. I don't know what the middle of this looks like, but I know at the end, we're going to find a way to make this happen. And that is so exciting to me. I love having that objective to work towards as I'm improvising. Not everyone loves that. Some people like free form, free structure, but this is just the kind of improviser I am. I like that goal of building that thing together. Uh, I think about it like this. This is maybe a silly analogy. So a single improv scene, right, is a painting. You and your scene partner or scene partners, you get up there, you create it. Oh, it's beautiful. And you move on. Next painting, next thing, whatever. But a herald to me is like an entire collection in a gallery, right? It's a bunch of different paintings that all come together to form a cohesive theme. That's how I think of it, right? The smaller parts of the Herald equal a greater whole. They all come together mm, so nicely, so nicely. So that's the Herald. It's it's this beautiful, beautiful long-form structure. Uh, really, really fantastic. If you've never seen a Herald performed, I strongly, strongly recommend you look it up. You can find recordings of it on YouTube, uh, you can find it, uh, you know, at theaters around LA, heralds are being performed, variations of heralds. There's a lot of different ways to access this, but, uh, most of all, I encourage you, if you ever have the opportunity or are interested, try doing the herald on your own. It's okay if you try it with a group of friends or fellow improvisers and it's a train wreck. That's the point. I mean, that's the point of improv anyway. You try it, you fail, you do it again. And with the herald in particular, same thing. It can be hard thinking about that structure, drilling that structure into your mind. Like, okay, we just finished our first beat. Right, now we're going into the group game. Okay, we finished our group game. Oh, crap, I got to think of a time dash or analogous uh, escalation from my previous scene. But that's part of the challenge, too. You get to take these characters or these premises on a journey. You don't just have to leave them behind. They come with you. You say, boy, I loved my premise from that first beat. Can't wait to explore it further. If this is true, what else is true? Right, it's really, really embracing that idea of improv, 
which I think is just, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. So again, find a way to do a Herald. Find a way to see a Herald. Just check it out. Grow your improv knowledge. Expand your improv horizons. And that's all I can really say about it. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in learning more or fact-checking me, uh, I'll also link my sources in the description for this episode, just some of the websites I pulled this uh, information from. Some of it was just off the top of my head that I probably read somewhere or just in my experience learning the Herald as well. So some of it's from my brain that I probably learned from someone else, that someone else wrote. So I'll also say that, um, you know, because the Herald has a long, rich history at this point. You know, it's, it's been improv for over 40 years, uh, almost 50 years. It's been a part of improvisation, you know, and I'm just one small blip sharing my experience and my passion, and my love for the Herald. Uh, so with that said, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this special episode of Improv for the Podcast, Long Form Explorers, The Herald. I think this is a series I'll try and revisit every now and then as I, as I continue to uh, kind of further my education in improv long forms. I don't know too many outside of The Herald. I haven't had the chance to participate in many outside of The Herald, so I'm excited to do that and share more of that with all of you. So as always, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Improv for the Podcast. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, you can find us on any platform there's podcast. Seriously, any platform there's podcast. Um, ones you didn't even know had podcasts. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, see you next time. Improv for the podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.